Well, hello everyone and thanks for joining us again. So glad you could be watching this, whether you're watching it live or watching it later on. Uh, you're welcome and I hope you are blessed today. Um, it's been quite a week. I think it's difficult to say that when you consider that we've had a lot of quite a weeks over the last few weeks, haven't we? Um, you know, we just passed 60 days uh, since this quarantine lockdown started in Montreal, anywhere, well, anyway, where we live. And uh, I think if anybody told you at the beginning of 2020, we'd have two months of something like this, I think we all would have been quite surprised. But, you know, I do commend everyone out there uh, as a society and as a church. We've done some amazing things and gone through some amazing things together. And uh, But, you know, from time to time, it can get a little difficult. And I sort of had one of those issues uh, this coming week. As I was preparing to share uh, this coming Sunday, I had already had a subject in mind. I had shared that subject with uh, the folks who do our posts and so on online a couple of weeks ago. Um, but in my heart, in my mind, there was something bothering me. I was struggling with it. And um, not that what I was going to preach about wasn't valid or good. I just felt like there might be something else. But I just couldn't... Um, grip it. I couldn't find it. I couldn't figure out uh, what, where the Lord was leading me. And uh, I was kind of keeping that inside and kind of trying to keep that to myself and uh, kind of pray through it. And um, as I've shared before, I tend to do a lot of that thinking as I drive to and from work. And uh, I was driving to work on Tuesday, uh, feeling a little bit of frustration and sort of feeling sorry for myself, which we do sometimes, and sort of asking God for some direction, but kind of not understanding where that was going to come from. But you know what happened? was uh, as I got to work, usually when I get to work, I get there a little early and I sit in the parking lot, I do some reading and then I pray and then I go into the office. And as I was praying and just thinking, um, the Lord put someone on my heart, which I hadn't spoken to in a long time. And I thought that was odd. And I thought, okay, Lord, I'll do something about that. But as I walked from my office, sorry, from my car to my office, uh, I, as I sat down, I got a message from that same person. And so I began to obviously get encouraged right away. And that same person said that they had been uh, working out, okay, at, at that morning and um, started feeling pain in their wrist. And uh, they immediately, I came to their mind, and I'll explain why. That person and I were together about almost 15, 20 years ago uh, when I had a persistent wrist pain from having broken my wrist a few times playing sports. And uh, I was healed in a meeting, which he was at as well. And so he, he thought of me and then he kind of put it aside and, and kept on going. But then he had worship music playing or, or music playing while he was working out. And then a song came on, which spoke to him immediately of Val and I, and he knew right away. So he got up from what he was doing and he messaged me privately and we started talking and he just sent me something to encourage me. And what he sent me spoke right into where I was struggling with and what I felt uh, needed to be shared uh, this week. And so it sort of opened up the whole thing. And so what I wanted to tell you was, uh, you know, just a quick little opening here. You might be struggling with a lot of things. You might be feeling a lot of issues. You might be wondering where God is, but trust in him. He's going to come through. He's going to use the people around you. You know, you know they sang the song, right? Uh, we get by with a little help with our friends sometimes. And um, certainly, I think that's important. So if you need help today, reach out to your friends, reach out to us at the church. And uh, we're here to help you and encourage you and point you in the right direction. And so essentially, what I wanted to tell you was the guy, the song that he sent to me and what we talked about was the whole idea of hope. And that's exactly where my mind was going. I want to speak about hope. 
I have been sort of surrounded by so many negative things in the news and the society and so on lately that I think it's very important that we focus on sharing and giving and showing the hope of Christ in our lives, in our communities, and our society as a whole. Um, I believe today is actually a day of great hope. Despite what we may be experiencing, I think that the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ and the work that he does uh, by the power of his Holy Spirit in our lives is a reason for hope today. You know, I was uh, this all started when I was talking uh, about those folks we helped in Pakistan. So those of you who aren't familiar, the church uh, got together and raised almost $1,500 to send to a church in Pakistan who's helping feed the poor uh, there. My brother happens to be in Pakistan right now, and he went out and was delivering the food uh, to the folks from the money we had raised. And he had sent me a video, which I'll share in the coming week on Facebook. And he went into an old lady's home. And she was there and he said to her, would you share your favorite scripture with me? Share your favorite psalm with me. And the lady said, yes, certainly I will. And she shared Psalm 9. Now, remember, I want you to remember her circumstances. When I say that she lives in a slum, I mean she really lives in a real slum, not a, even worse than anything you'd find here. Very little money, very little food, very little prospects for the future. So seemingly without hope in the sense that we tend to think of it sometimes. And she chose to read Psalm 9. Psalm 9 starts like this. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell all the, all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, Most High. The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He rules the world in righteousness and judges the people with equity. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, Lord, for you never forsake those who seek you. Sing the praises of the Lord enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations what he has done. And I, honestly, when I heard that, I was just blown away. And you uh, watch the video and you see the sincerity and the hope that is in that woman's voice and in that woman's life, all because of what God has done for her. And she's bang on. She's 100% right. We can have hope today because we know that the Lord is our refuge and our strength. You know, verse 10, we'll go back to that. says, those who know your name trust in you. A couple of weeks ago, I preached about it, right? The power in the name of Jesus Christ. Those who know his name can trust in him and have hope. For God has never forsaken those who seek you. So just to clarify, forsaken means forgot about, not helped. Don't deal with God doesn't do that to those who diligently seek him and tells verse nine tells us that the Lord is our refuge for the oppressed in the time of trouble. Um, other versions um, talk about uh, him being a stronghold in times of trouble. And so we'll do a short little history lesson here. Right. So back in the old days of castles and so on and forts and cities that were fortified, a stronghold would have been in the center of the town. The strongest walls, the most impenetrable walls where the enemy could get at you where there was provision to eat and safety that is what the image is so despite what's going on around us in the world the lord is always our refuge and our stronghold where there's provision for the day provision for tomorrow safety and comfort and hope for the future and that's uh something that the psalms actually if you just go ahead i encourage you even now start reading through the psalms you know we could jump to psalm 61 again he says 
for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. Strong tower means stronghold. And so throughout the Psalms is all this sort of hopeful message that God is our refuge, our help, our deliverer, our salvation in times of trouble. So if you're feeling today in the circumstances that are going on, you know, and we get pulled around a little bit, right? School's going to restart. Oh, no, they're not. Okay, now you can go outside, but you can't do this. And you can do this, but you can't do that. And I'm not blaming them. I'm not talking about that this morning. What I mean is I can understand how people can get frustrated, confused, even scared and anxious. And so you ask yourself, how can I deal with that? How should I process that? I encourage you, go to the Lord. He is our hope. He is our refuge. He is our stronghold. And so after that little bit of introduction, I want to go and camp down a little bit in Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to read a portion of scripture, and then we're going to go through it. We read Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great price, uh, excuse me, great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised it is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur each other on towards love and good deeds, not giving meeting up together as some of their habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Okay, so we're, as I said, we're going to camp down here. We're going to go through it. So verse 19 tells us, first of all, that we can have confidence approaching the most holy place approaching god through the blood of jesus with confidence so confidence means what i feel good about what i'm doing i am sure about what i'm doing i know that when i approach god because of the blood of jesus christ because i know jesus because i have the hope of jesus in me i am welcome in the presence of god so you might feel in darkness you might feel confused you might feel anxious walk yourself into the presence of God and say, I am confident. I'm walking in here. I'm welcome. I'm accepted. I can take part in this because of Jesus Christ. That is the hope with within me. We'll jump to verse 22. Verse 22 tells us, draw near to God, right? And so how do we do that? Now, well, I can't go to church. I can't do that. Well, there's so many things we can do to draw near to God. One, we can read the Bible. Two, we can pray. By the way, those aren't in order. They're both equally important. Uh, three, we can still fellowship. You're doing it right now. If you're watching this, you're fellowshipping. You can get on uh, FaceTime. You can get on Facebook Live. You can get Instagram Live. You can phone people. You can send mail, whatever. There are ways to fellowship right now, even though we can't do what we all really want to do, right? And so notice what's really important is that he says, draw near to God with a sincere heart. Notice it doesn't say draw near to God in perfection or draw near to God in everything figured out mindset. It's not that. Draw near to God with a sincere heart. Okay, so you can come God with sincerity. You might say, hey God, I'm scared. Hey God, I'm unsure. Hey God, I need help. But you can approach God with confidence, with a sincere heart. You know, the same way I was going through that struggle on Tuesday, and I was saying to God, listen, Lord, I've listened for years. I've been preaching, and I just can't nail this down. I need something. I, I'm sorry, Lord. I can't pin this down. I'm reading the word. I'm praying. I'm, I'm in the worship. I can't get it. Sincerely, Lord, I need help. And then God sends somebody I haven't spoken to for 10 plus years. 
and says, here's, and now, you know, not only that, all the good things come. One, I get clarity. Two, I get a friend reborn. You know, there's so much that God gives us. He gives us much more above and beyond what we could even hope and imagine the world tells us, that but the Bible tells us, excuse me. So, you know, believe in God this morning sincerely and watch what he does. Why? Because we keep on reading. We can have full assurance. So, you know, being fully assured is pretty unique, right? Because imagine being fully sure of anything. You know, I know 100% what's going to happen here. I know 100% what's going to happen here. But in this case, we know that when we approach God uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ with a sincere heart, he's going to listen to us. He's going to impart into us and he's going to give us hope. You know, you may remember the old hymn, Blessed Assurance. You know, and it says, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine, right? It says, Perfect submission, all is at rest. I am my Savior of happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. And I thought, oh my goodness, it almost sounds like someone sitting through quarantine right now, right? And of course, the big chorus is, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. So everything going on, my story is Jesus. I'm born, the song goes on to say that you're born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. That's the reason I have hope. He goes on to say uh, that we are uns- we are to hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. So we're going to say, "Hey, I've got Jesus Christ. I believe in Jesus. Jesus is for me, and Jesus is for you, and you need, and you should follow Jesus, and so on." It's got to be a hopeful message, and that's what we hold unswervingly to. And I was thinking about this, and Montrealers, if you're out there, you know what swervingly is because we live with Montreal drivers, right? And we have crazy drivers, and they're swerving in and out, and it's the Lord just moves miraculously. I'll tell you this: I get sermon illustrations as I'm driving. Last night, I'm driving home on Friday. It was pouring rain. Okay, pouring rain. Uh, for those of you who live in Montreal, know what this was. And out of nowhere, uh, one of those guys on a speed bike comes like, and he's, he whizzes right by me in between another car. He's not in a lane. He's swerving through traffic. And I went, oh, Lord, thank you for showing me somebody who's moving swervingly so that I have a good way to talk about people, how when we're assured in the Lord, when we're confident in the Lord and we have this hope for us, we can point forward and we can go straight ahead knowing that we can speak to the hope we uh, we profess. The one we, right, what does that mean, the hope we profess? It's the hope we claim. It's the hope we say. We can hold unswervingly to that and say, I'm going straight ahead in the Lord. It doesn't matter what's around me. It doesn't matter if somebody's crazy swerving next to me. I'm going to go straight ahead because the one who promised it is faithful, the word tells us, because God is faithful. You know, faithfulness is a, is a trait we look for each other, in each other and look for in other people. Who's going to tell me the truth? Who's going to be there for me? So on and so forth. God himself is the most faithful. He keeps all his promises. And as we read right at the beginning, go back to Psalm 9, he will never leave us or forsake us. The word says that as well, right? He, God will never, ever leave us or forsake us so we can hold on servingly and stay straight and know that he's going to be there for us. So we go on now and sort of turns to like a responsibility to us. It goes, spur each other one, spur each other on. Now, spurring each other on, uh, is maybe if you're not a horse rider or, or familiar with that terminology, it may seem like, well, what are you talking about? Well, the spur, right, was a thing that, uh, somebody riding a horse or whatever would have on their boot, a little bit of a wheel, uh, with a little bit of metal on it to like kick the horse, to make the horse go giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, right? So it's saying spur each other on, encourage each other on towards what? 
love and goodness. Okay, so folks, believers, Christians, we should be encouraging each other, spurring each other on to spread love and goodness, words of good, uh, good works, hopeful words, hopeful people produce love and good works. You know, you can't go out there going, well, I'm so scared of everything. I'm so scared of the future. I'm so scared of what's going to happen. And then say, oh, well, you know, and then pivot to love and good works. It's very hard. It's a challenge. I can imagine that in the same way, you know, if you're walking around and stuffing your face with uh, a bunch of fast food and uh, things that aren't good for you and then say, well, now I'm going to go to the gym. You know, it, it, you can, you can do it. But if you've just eaten a big fast food meal and then go to the gym, your workout's going to be tough. It's going to be a slog. You're not going to feel good. You might throw up. So in the same way, when you're living, if you live in a hopeful expectation, a hopeful assurance, a hopeful confidence in the Lord, when you pivot to do loving good works, encourage each other on, it's just a much easier road. You can unswervingly go forward. Now, verse 25 is a little ironic. It says, do not forsake the gathering together, right? It's ironic because right now we can't physically meet as a whole church, but that doesn't change that we can meet whatever way we can. We take advantage of the fact that we live in an era where we're able to do things like this. I can record a sermon and you can watch it whenever you want. We can get on a phone uh, and talk to each other. We can see each other's faces. Last night, Val and I did an Instagram live with a few folks who joined us and we were able to see them and talk and it was a lovely time. We have to take advantages for that. And if you're saying, well, I'm not sure I know how. I don't, I, 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 I'm stuck. I, I don't know how to do that. Call us. You know, people can drive by and, and and stand, you know, on the sidewalk, maybe far away from you, but at least to talk and wave and whatever. Maybe you need something to drop off. There's a way that we can be together now. And my goodness, how fun it will be when we're allowed to uh, get back together again in some sort of normal uh, circumstance. But until then, until then, let's not give up doing what we can do via all these via all these tools tools we have. The Bible says to keep on doing that until the day. Right? What's the, what does it say? Until the day, as all the more as you see the day approaching. Well, what's the day that he's talking about? The day, of course, he's talking about is the return of Jesus. And so we continue doing this even till the end. I think we should be doing it even more and more. Even if you think this is the end, we should be doing it even more. The Bible says keep on doing it until that day. So we're going to keep on worshiping. We're going to keep on fellowshipping. We're going to keep on hoping. We're going to keep on hoping on hope until that day. You know, that that scripture in, in Hebrews 10 goes on. There's a Hebrews 10, 32 talks about uh, Paul saying, remember in those, oh, excuse me, we think it's Paul. Uh, so he says, remember those earlier days after you'd received the light when you endured a great conflict full of suffering. And Paul goes on to talk about the believers, right, who are hearing what he's saying. And he's talking about how they were persecuted. They were insulted. They had their property confiscated. They went to prison. And he goes, but you knew you had a better and lasting possession. Right? And that's what the hope they had in Jesus Christ. Can you imagine this? We have it rough right now, but can you imagine these folks in this time, they were beaten, insulted, had property confiscated, and went to jail, yet they didn't go morose, they didn't get depressed, they didn't go down. They reacted with joyful expectation, joyful response, because they were living throughout the hope they had in Jesus Christ. I know how it can be. I want my family to be safe. They're downstairs right now while I'm doing this, and I want them to be safe. I want them to be well. And we can sometimes lose sight of the fact that life isn't about being safe. It's about living 
for the Lord. And maybe part of this is shaking us or moving us to realize that there's a lot more to life than just the safety and, and the sort of bubble we've created in our society. But the Lord will be with us, just like he was with the believers in the New Testament who are facing trials far worse than we are here in our local situation. There are believers, of course, around the world facing the same things, but we're certainly not. But we can read on these promises. Later on, verses uh, 36 to 39 say this. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Persevere means last, right? Preserve. How do we preserve? Because the Holy Spirit's going to be with us. The Holy Spirit's going to strengthen us. He's going to give us the ways, the means, and the tools to do it. For in a little while, verse 36 says, he who is coming uh, he who is coming will come, and he will not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. So Paul speaking to people who have been uh, put in prison, who have had the property confiscated, who have been beaten, insulted, and saying, hey, all that's happened, but Jesus is coming. And to live in that promise. And when he does, you know, it's going to be a glorious day. Don't shrink back. Now is the time to step forward in joyful expectation, hopeful expectation, hopeful living to show the way of Jesus Christ. It's not time to shrink back. It's time to go forward and stand firm on the promises of God that are in the scriptures we read, whether it's the Psalms or whether it's Hebrews. Jesus says to disciples, I have told you these things that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So Jesus said to his disciples, and we are his disciples today, you're going to have issues. You're going to have troubles, but take it and know that you'll have my peace because I have overcome the world. He says, but take heart. I read that like, but have hope because Jesus has overcome the world. So all the stuff that's going on, whatever level that we're experiencing it at, Jesus has overcome. So why do we have reason to hope today? Well, I hope it's because you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you've been radically saved by the grace of God. And so that resonates and reverberates in every part of your being. Okay, and so when we face the tough times, when we face the challenges, the love and joy of God and the hope springs eternal out of us and says, yes, I see what's in front of me. It's real. And I come at it and I face it in the context and in the light of the fact that I'm a saved, saved person, uh, born again um, by the grace of God. And I'm going to live in that hopeful expectation. So take a moment now. Just take a moment to think about it. Think about that first moment you first knew Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Think about that hope that sort of sprung up in you or those times where you felt that, that love of God that just sort of overflowed you and almost like melted everything else around it. Let that hope sort of roll over you into your house, all over your home, into your car, into wherever you're going. And you know that you can simply call upon the name of Jesus. Turn to him now and speak to him and he will answer. You will know that hope. Maybe you don't even know. Maybe this morning you're not a Christian. You're like, I haven't lived like this. Call upon the name of Jesus and watch what he does. We'd love to speak to you. We'd love to pray for you. But know that you can do it right now, wherever you are, whatever you're watching this. The Lord Jesus Christ is here to save and to give you hope. Right now is the best time to start living in that hope. And I'll end with this exhortation. As Paul was writing to the Philippians, he said, I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray for with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident 
of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on in completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And so I pray the same blessing and the same thing over all of you. We do. We think about you all the time. We talk about you. We pray for you. And in our prayers, through it's for joy, praying that the Lord will bless you, the Lord will keep you, and the Lord will just uh, lead you, the Lord will empower you. And your partnership with the gospel is fantastic. So many of you gave, for example, when we needed uh, relief for Pakistan, or giving to keep the church uh, bills paid, or reaching out to those who need Jesus Christ, reaching out in love, pointing it out where we can reach out in practical ways or in spiritual ways, in prayer and so on. Because we're confident of what? Of this one thing, that Jesus Christ began a good work in you. He began a good work in me. He began a good work in our church. And he's going to carry it on until the day he returns. So believe that today. Live in joyful, hopeful expectation that Jesus Christ is at work in you and he's going to finish that work and he's there to empower you and give you the grace that you need to see it through. Amen. Let's just pray as we close today. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for everybody that's out there. Thank you so much for the joyful expectation we can have, Lord, the hope we can live in. We thank you, Lord, that you have started a work in us and you're going to carry it through to completion. So, Lord, we are confident. We thank you, Lord, that we can approach the throne of grace with full assurance and confidence. Help us, Lord, to hold unswervingly to the hope that was in us and that we profess, Lord. Be with us now in everything and in every way. We pray for our society. We pray for our country. We pray for the world, Lord. We pray, Lord, that there'll be healing. We pray that there'll be a resolution to this crisis. And, Lord, we pray that one day we'll look back and join again in fellowship at church, Lord, to remember these times is a time, Lord, where we chose not to shrink back, but Lord, we pushed forward and spread the word of Jesus, Lord, in every which way possible. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you all, and we'll see you soon.